The following is Voices of Experience radio show and podcast. No promotional fees are paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. On with the show. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. And uh, we have Eric Kramer with us again today, the host of Spotlight on Success. And um, Eric, we're going to be talking about Tacoma today. Yeah. And I'm so pleased. I'm going to turn this over to you in just a moment about who, who you are interviewing. But Tacoma has really made some major strides over the last several years. I mean, you see cranes in the sky everywhere. And Eric and I, you know, we talked about uh, sometimes we get too Seattle-centric and what we focus on. And a couple of months ago, we did an interview about Bremerton and uh, looked at the great strides they're making too. And that's why we are now doing Tacoma today. And we're going to be doing other communities around the Puget Sound area and spotlighting them. So uh, Tacoma, that's our day today. And uh, I understand, Eric, you talked to someone or two people from the Metro Parks Department. Yeah, down there in Tacoma, a really interesting interview. It's with Sophie McKee and uh, Ryan Schroeder, both with uh, Tacoma Parks. And we just talked about a couple of things. First of all, brought us up to speed on what are some of the challenges they're facing. Certainly staffing is one of them. And then also, you know, COVID-19 and gathering and all that, just like everybody else, they had to deal with that. But now suddenly, as the gates are opening back up, if you will, um, they have have all these really interesting things planned uh, for the remainder of the year events and things like that. So I wanted to talk to him about, A, you know, what what are these events and uh, who are they right for? Is it family friendly or a mixture? And, and so it was just uh, kind of neat because I've been to Tacoma many times, but it's been a while since I've been down in the city and, and a little bit longer since I've been in the parks. And so I wanted to, uh, you know, get an update. And I think this is a wonderful idea to do this where you spotlight different communities like Bremerton, now Tacoma, and others we'll have in the future. Who do you have on tap? Well, I have two guests today, um, Eric. One is Aaron Artman, and he is the president of the Tacoma Rainiers. They opened up last night. They have a series coming up through the weekend. We can talk about that a little bit. But uh, Aaron has been in that job for many years. He's been with the Tacoma Rainiers since 2007. We talked about what it was like being president of an organization with COVID and bringing these thousands of people in on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we're past that. We never know, but still the protocols are in place if that has to occur again. And uh, Aaron talked really more about Tacoma and the partnership that has been developed between the Rainiers and the city. And with all the growth going on, all those opportunities that are really coming up into the future. So everything is looking really bright for the Tacoma Rainiers and Tacoma. The second interview is with a Cy Wakeman, and she wrote a book called Life's Messy, Live Happy. So I guess the message is that uh, things happen, but how really they overtake you or don't has a lot of the way you look at it. And her book is pretty good. I've perused most of it and read parts of it, and I think it was really well-written. Let's see. What else? We have the one-hit wonder on Kixie today once again. Here is a clue. The year is 1970. A crew was invited along to see a new land. 
but were never heard from again. This song is from 1971, Hit Wonder. If you're listening to KKNW, I have another self-employment segment. And today I'm going to talk about another myth, myth number three. The first thing you need to do is to come up with a business plan if you're going into business for yourself. I submit that that's the very last thing you should do. So Voices of Experience, what this show is all about, we talk with people with experience in public affairs, travel, fitness, education, entertainment, with an emphasis on entrepreneurship. So let's get back with uh, Aaron Artman and uh, with the Tacoma Rainiers coming up next. When a flock of geese knocked out two engines on U.S. Airways Flight 1549 right after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, who would you want in the cockpit? Captain Sully or a pilot on their maiden flight? If Captain Sully was your choice, then experience is important to you. And that's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. A variety of topics are explored, including local and national public affairs, self-employment, travel, lifestyles, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Now, Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Aaron Artman, president of the Tacoma Rainiers, has joined me and he has been with the Rainiers since 2007. Now, opening night was last night, but there is a series continuing through the weekend, and I'll tell you about that a little later. Now, I wanted to catch up with Aaron and talk about the 2022 season. The Seattle Mariners, by most baseball analysts, are rated as having one of the best or the best farm system in all of baseball. Now, that includes the Tacoma Rainiers, which is a AAA team, which is one step away from the making the big time with the Seattle Mariners. Now that bodes well for a good season. We may see a lot of great players coming through, but uh, they probably won't be there for very long. So if you want to see some of those great players in Tacoma, you may want to do it sooner than later. In 2020, you may recall that the entire minor league baseball season was canceled because of COVID. And in 2021, baseball was hit with a number of protocols while opening up the games to the public once again. And uh, I wanted to talk about the protocols and trying to run an organization with all that in mind. Let's pick up there. I'd just like to talk to Aaron about what it was like last season to be running a team with so many protocols in place. And hopefully this is behind us, but we never know. Yeah, and you know, last year was, was had so many different layers to it. Right. With when we opened, it's exciting to at least be at this point looking at opening day saying, hey, we have a fighter's chance. I, I don't even use the word normal anymore. Every time I say normal, something weird happens and we have to go backwards. With COVID waning, and hopefully as we have talked about, it will remain that way and stay at bay at least to not do all the protocols that were required before. Have you seen a surge of interest over, let's say, the last couple of years with the Tacoma Rainiers, like post-COVID, like people are really anxious to get out and watch a ball game? You know, last year, particularly between June 
28th, I think it was, when things were listed, or June 29th, and the end of August, before more restrictions back in, we absolutely saw a surge. We saw at least as good, if not better, attendance. And in some cases, when you look at our July 3rd celebration and some other dates, you know, we eclipsed our all-time franchise records for revenue and, and fans and things of that nature. But where we really saw a surge, which I think will be interesting to watch going forward, particularly if it's in effect of the stimulus money or if it's in effect of people just wanting to be out, is our variable revenue, our concessions, our merchandise, were sky high. I mean, in some cases, two or three times what the best season had been before. And so I don't know if that was a case of people had more money in their pocket or if it was pent-up demand from people saying, you know, I've been able to go out and do something. I'm going to buy an extra something to eat. I'm going to buy an extra hat or shirt or sweatshirt. It was pretty fascinating to watch. I looked at that time as a time to build more of a nest egg, even though we were unsuccessful as an Arvin family doing that with all these kids and everything else. But and, and when you look at the, the economy in general, I mean, I think people were just spending money. So I'm curious to see if the, the per caps, you know, the variable, what people spend once they get in, increase. Things we control and sell and market perspective, you know, we're on track to have our best year ever in tickets and our best year ever in sponsorships. And those are the two major revenue categories, obviously, that, that we control and we put staff behind and, and momentum behind. And we did have to do price increases um, with inflation and, and things of that nature. And quite frankly, we hadn't done one in a while. And so in our, not really in our, in our less expensive areas, but in our more expensive areas, there are price increases. And obviously that's a nervous time when you do that. And our renewal rates were the best we've ever had. So uh, people, particularly businesses, which is, you know, 90% of our season ticket and hospitality base, are spending money, appear to be doing well, and appear to be very excited to get back out to the stadium. I don't think we'll know the answers to those questions until we get through June and July, you know, as you're probably aware, the, the early season games in April, particularly at our level, really, really our, our level anywhere in the country, if it's too hot in places like Las Vegas uh, in August, and they see a drop here when it's a little bit chilly or Iowa or some other spots, we don't draw as well, in, especially on weekdays in April. So if we see a big spike there, that's going to be incredibly encouraging. We didn't budget or plan for that. It'll be interesting to see, but all the predictable things that require to make people to make a significant investment well in advance to come support the team and participate in what we're doing are up across the board and that's that's exciting for the organization very good to hear and it's also exciting for the city of Tacoma I mean you can't read an article now in Seattle like the Puget Sound Business Journal or other the Seattle Times and other papers and listen to the radio that you see the boom that Tacoma is going under. And it's been a little while, but now you have commercial, residential, just exploding in the yeah. area. I imagine that is going to help as well. I think it will. And I think particularly if we can get, you know, we, we're great at, at manufacturing, we're great at the port, we're great at small to medium-sized businesses. I think when the boom, if you will, really gets legitimized, and maybe it doesn't need to be, uh, maybe this is more of an incubator city, right? And there'll be a bunch of smaller things that, that grow. But to see some of the larger kind of corporate white-collar style business decide to move their regional headquarters to Tacoma. Now, there's still, there's still plenty of uh, commercial space, you know, great and high compared to other cities. But that, that could be a, an easy transition for someone to make because the cost of living will still be lower, even though our housing market's booming. The commute is easier. You can have more employees down here. And so I think that'll be interesting to see. But you know, there's cranes in the, in the sky downtown. 
more than I can recall any time living here, building housing apartments, condos, things like that. Uh, Point Ruston, who we do work with, continues to boom, um, adding more buildings. And uh, in general, there's a lot of great momentum down here, which is just terrific, right? I mean, I, I moved here in 2007. That was starting the University of Washington's call. That helped a, a great deal in, in revitalizing the downtown. Recession hit. Uh, with real estate and, and things slowed down, but not as much as you'd think because, again, we make things here, we ship things here, and so the, the the industries that are prevalent here tend to be a little bit more recession-proof than an entertainment-based economy. And quite frankly, I think Tacoma did pretty well as a city from a tax revenue perspective, even during the pandemic, because of the essential businesses or the non-consumer-facing entertainment businesses. And, and so those are our clients as well, so that protects us to a degree. But it is. It, it's, it's a much more fun place to live. I mean, there's a lot of restaurants uh, that have moved into town, started, and a lot of them by Seattle folks, quite frankly, who, in my conversations with them, love the lack of red tape and regulation and things that they face sometimes in Seattle. Of course, I always feel like there's a little bit too much of that in general, even here, but we're not Seattle. And if we, if we uh, carve our own path, I think it, it, it's more viable long-term for the city. So that's something to watch as well. But, yeah, it, it is booming. And uh, we love being a part of it. Yeah, it just seems like it's hitting its stride. I mean, in so many ways right now through so many factors. But it's good to see. And actually, it was probably fairly predictable at some point with Seattle going off the rails sky high with costs and living costs and residential. That it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it's going to somehow go to other areas. Bremerton, Tacoma, Everett. So it's yep. been, I think, a really good thing to happen for the whole region. It is one of the few regions, when you look at it overall, Paul, that, that still has manufacturing, has a top five educated workforce, has short-term growth and long-term growth when they forecast it. I read somewhere that Singapore and this region are the two regions worldwide, actually, that have the most categories in the top five that you need. And so that, I think, bodes well for the region overall. And you're right, not everybody can live in Seattle, and so it has to expand out, which I think if we just look at this in 10, 20, 30 years from now. How about some of the players we'll see coming through Tacoma on the way up to Seattle? Unfortunately, I think there's a few people that we would have loved to see down here. Uh, one very large center fielder who's an incredible athlete and very young who may may skip us. You're talking about Rodriguez? Pitching coming. Yes, okay. yeah. from all the reports, I don't have any inside info, but... From all the reports I'm reading, he, he appears to be ready, which, you know, is the point of the whole thing anyway. Yeah, we're going to have great pitching, and we're going to have more reinforcements on the way and uh, a good squad this year. And, and you know, we won the, the league championship last year, so it'll be fun to see if we can repeat. But I think uh, since I've been here, and I don't get into specifics on players, quite frankly, I don't study it as well as I should, but also I, I, I know they're transitory, so <laughs> I right. try not to get yes. to attached. So I look at the strength of the overall system and what we see, and, and I can tell you that at any point I've been here since 2007, this is remarkably different from the depth we have, the level of talent we have. And quite frankly, the Mariners have done a terrific job of getting their type of people with character. We have really high character players that are willing to do things in the community that are fun to be around and uh, still competitive as all heck, which is what you need, but, but a great group of coaches, staff, and players, and that's exciting to be around as well. Well, I'm so impressed as being part of the Tacoma Rainiers of how you at the top have been there for so long and how you are able to keep staff there, and that's so important. You've got a great staff there. I guess the proof's in the pudding. They stay, and 
every year there's something new, like the um, renovations that happen this year and off years. You put the money back into the stadium, into making the experience much better for the fan. We do. Thank you. It's, it's an important part of uh, what our, our investment investor group believes in. Um, and we're financially successful enough to be able to do that. So that's the first key. And, and from a staff perspective, you're right. There, there's a lot of turnover in sports. Oftentimes, there's a lot of turnover on kind of the senior management team. And in our case, we have held on to this team for a long time. We have you know pretty much the same top five in our sales hierarchy that we've had for six, seven, eight, nine years, which is pretty rare in, in professional sports. And it gives us the opportunity to bring more people to this region if they're not from this region. There's a, it, it certainly makes my job a lot easier to have people that, that I trust and, and that are smart and, you know, supported by such a great local ownership group with, with, you know, up to 17 different entities that are a part of this that come to games, that are in the market, in the area. It really makes a huge difference. AAA West is now back to the Pacific Coast League, which I think is fantastic. Isn't that exciting? I, I really like it, too. I think uh, Major League Baseball basically went around and, and reinstituted a lot of the old leagues, which which was smart from a historical perspective. There's so much great and rich history. Our situation in the Pacific Coast League was unique because when the Pacific Coast League disbanded, we were voted unanimously by the league, particularly because we're probably the only team in the Pacific Coast League that still can see the Pacific Ocean via the sound, uh, to, to own the rights, the history, the marks for the Pacific Coast League. So we're the stewards of that on behalf of the old Pacific Coast League. And so we, we basically did a licensing deal with Major League Baseball where they have the license for the Pacific Coast League through this current term, which would expire in 2030. And we designed the logo with them. I'm not in love with it. It's good enough. We had two weeks to do it. And it was a collaboration. So those can be tricky. I think it's far better than what we had in the past and had to live under, and it signifies the region and the diversity of the region. I think it's great. It's a great nod to history, and it's fun to be back in this league that, that we love and, and uh, respected and were a part of building um, for so many years. That's Aaron Artman, president of the Tacoma Rainiers, and uh, certainly you can feel a lot of momentum for the team and also the city of Tacoma. It's really coming into its own and the Rainiers are part of that. If you want to catch any games this week, they'll be in town until April 10th. All you need to do is Google Tacoma Rainiers. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am an investor and part owner of the Tacoma Rainiers. What if the second deadliest cancer in men and women could be prevented? Would you try to avoid the pain? And what if you could protect yourself without leaving your home? Colorectal cancer is highly preventable. Screening is important, safe, and most people have options. Ask your doctor which screening test is right for you. Learn more from the Colorectal Cancer Alliance at GetScreened.org. And welcome to this edition of Spotlight on Success as part of Voices of Experience. So glad you decided to join us. And I'm happy to have with me in the studio and via Zoom into the studio, 
Um, I have uh, Sophia McKee and also Ryan Schroeder, both of whom are from Tacoma Parks. We're going to talk about what's going on down in Tacoma, all the growth they've been having, the exciting things they have coming up for this uh, the remainder of the year, and just learn more about what the facilities are like down there and maybe even see what kind of challenges they have. So, uh, Ryan, Sophia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Uh, let's start with just a little bit of background. Uh, Sophia, how did you come to be in your current position? And what is that position? Well, I am marketing communications and events for Metro Parks Tacoma. And I've worked for Metro Parks for just shy of about five years. And before that, I actually worked in the horse racing industry. And I did marketing at Emerald Downs uh, just up the road in Auburn for a number of years. And then prior to that, I actually worked in New Jersey at Monmouth Park Racetrack. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, actually, right before we came on the air, we were talking about how you did a little horseback riding this last weekend. Yep. Still uh, still involved as much as I can. Nice. How about you, Ryan? How did you get to be in your position? I was a event and concert producer for five different radio stations for a long time. Uh, did a bunch of uh, cool things there. And then uh, I transitioned over and was director of operations for Vita Seattle and Taste of Tacoma. Okay. And while I was working for the Taste of Tacoma, I uh, got to know the Metropolitan Parks folks really well and helped produce a couple of community-based events and uh, eventually just uh, got offered a position and so now I'm the event supervisor for Metro Parks. Ryan, I know that in radio, at least uh, the promotions uh, directors and things like that, one of the hardest jobs in radio, you're always doing something. You're always thinking about the calendar and what's coming up. It was May to September without a single day off. It was, uh. yes, the, <laughs> the, the, the most thankless job in radio. Well, let's get into the conversation. Uh, Sophia, what are some challenges that are uh, facing your department sort of during these times of great population growth that's happening down there in Tacoma? Yeah, I think, um, well, there's a couple challenges. One of them is certainly compounded by COVID, and that's really been um, something that I think is affecting a lot of businesses, but it's the staffing issues. And so as we add more facilities and add more parks to our system, uh, you know, we got to take care of them. And uh, we luckily have a really active volunteer community within Tacoma that actually steps up and helps fill that role a little bit too when we're understaffed. So um, that's been one big challenge. And then, you know, just fulfilling the community's demand. Metro Parks is in a really unique position where as long as we are doing what the community asks, uh, we're in good shape. So um, as more people, you know, move to Tacoma and they want to activate in our parks and participate in our different programs, we're just having to staff up and um, be creative and add programs that are kind of fulfilling that customer demand. And luckily, we have a lot of great spaces to do it in. Uh, that is wonderful. And, you know, staffing, of course, has just been problematic for a lot of businesses and organizations. Uh, since I have you on the phone, though, let's talk about uh, where if somebody wants to join Tacoma Parks, uh, what's probably the best thing to do? Maybe go to a website to learn more about what's available? Absolutely. Um, we're actively hiring now for a number of positions. So if you love the outdoors, we've got maintenance technicians that work in the parks all day. If you love working with kids, we have programs in our Beyond the Bell program. If you love aquatics, we're hiring lifeguards, everything you can imagine. Um, we have positions for right now because we're, we're just getting into our busy season, right, with the summer. So sure. anyone interested can go to the website. It's metroparkstacoma.org. 
and in the careers section can do a job search. And I think one of the things that surprised me when I first started working for Metro Parks five years ago was the breadth of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so um, despite you know where your interests may lie, there's probably something there that might be of interest and might be just a really fun summer job um, or even a career job if you're looking to make a change. Absolutely. Get some exercise, if nonetheless. Uh, MetroParksTacoma.org, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah. great. And then and then look at the jobs, tons of things available down there, depending on your skills and your tastes. Uh, Ryan, um, going kind of back to Tacoma and what's been going on down there, uh, COVID obviously affected so many communities, uh, particularly things that are happening indoors and outdoors, uh, large gatherings. What were some of the special challenges you've had in your position when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and the effects of gathering? Well, I mean, it all went away for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. we were the, the event industry was kind of shut down, and so uh, you know, in the last couple of months, as we've been you know switching to what we hope is this new phase, is trying to put the machine back together and you know find out who's left in the industry and um, you know dive into a whole new world of pricing, whether it's for, you know, part-time staff or whether it's talent for, you know, for concerts or, you know, uh, renting equipment, mm-hmm. um, managing with all of the, the price increases that have kind of come about from both the labor shortage and the supply chain issues. Uh, that's, that's the big challenge right now. And so as things progress this year, is it just sort of a big scramble for the department trying to kind of onboard and ramp up? as as events are approaching it's a bit of, it's an organized scramble <laughs> but it's uh it's a scramble nonetheless um you know it's it's honing in on what we want our goals to be um and you know making sure that we're focused on those and producing great community events uh, that are worthy of the the city of tacoma and all of our people who come out to our parks what are some of the signature events uh in tacoma over the course of a year I think our big one is Tacoma's 4th of July fireworks show. It's an event that we put on in collaboration with the city of Tacoma. And it really is a true partnership for providing a pretty awesome fireworks show and event for the community. And it's um, getting reimagined a little bit this year. And then we also have Mosaic, which uh, was previously known as Ethnic Fest. And that's going to be July 23rd and 24th. And then we have a couple other events in the works, um, can't announce them just yet, but they will be core summer events that I think will be pretty exciting for the community. Fantastic. I love the name Mosaic. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that event? Yeah, you know, that event is really unique because it's guided by a steering committee made up of community members. And so it's a really unique model for us to be able to hold an event because we really have different representations from all parts of Tacoma. And that's what makes it so special. And when we were looking to, you know, rebrand it as we bring it back, the word mosaic just seemed to really represent how many small parts can make a beautiful whole. Mm -hmm. And that's really how we feel, you know, Tacoma is and, and bringing people together to, you know, form this beautiful community. And mosaic is really a celebration of arts and culture And we really hope that we can represent that really well this summer. And, you know, with those really um, involved folks on our steering committee, it certainly is going to be achievable, I think. Excellent. Excellent. You know, the people that I know that live in the Tacoma city limits, they are so proud of their city. Um, And I dare say almost 
above and beyond a lot of other people that live in cities. I just I, I just feel like there's such an kinship in internally there in in Tacoma. Do you feel that way, Ryan, when you're when you're in the city? Absolutely. Like from when I was coming down and producing the case of Tacoma, I was a Seattle-based uh, company, and and I w- it, it was known that you know we want this to be a Tacoma-based event and not a you know a, a Seattle event that's just moved down here. And so people are really passionate about Tacoma and you know the parks and and making sure that things are organic and homegrown. Like it's 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 nice to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Attractive city, too, as you drive through it. Lots of great restaurants and things to do. I'm interested, though I have not been there. Tell me about the Dune. Oh, my gosh. We love Dune Peninsula. Um, So it is an 11-acre park that we just opened a couple years ago that juts out into the water there by Commencement Bay. And the views of Mount Rainier are stunning. The views of the bay are stunning. You always have seals like playing in the water. Um, It's a very tranquil spot to walk and take your family. We always see people setting up for picnics. And um, it just is an ideal venue for events. And when they did the master planning for Point Defiance Park, like one thing that we heard over and over again from the community was we want events and opportunities to go to concerts and do that stuff in Tacoma and not have to drive up to Seattle and not have to go somewhere else. And so the park was built with that in mind. And so it's very thoughtfully laid out, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that that's kind of in our future plans to be able to bring that to the community at the same time, providing a beautiful space for people to just passively recreate in and, you know, take their kids for a walk or, you know, ride the bikes around and everything. Sounds to me too, uh, Ryan, that it would be a great place to watch the 4th of July event. It's going to be a spectacular place. It'll have great views of the the barge, which we've relocated a little bit from its historical home. Um, and we'll have a, a concert and vendors out there. It's a really good view of the show. Well, uh, Sophia McKee and Ryan Schroeder, thank you so much for being with me uh, on this particular program of Spotlight on Success. I'd love to touch base again with you in the future because we really just sort of scratched the surface of all the great things that are happening down there. And I know the parks is just so intimately involved in, in the community there and building that, uh, that atmosphere of fun and uh, friendship, really. Uh, So thank you for all the hard work that you do down there. And I'm wondering, is the website also a great place just to sort of learn about these events as they they come to fruition? Absolutely. Uh, We post it as we make the announcements. And um, there's a lot of other great events taking place throughout the park system as well. Like we're celebrating Earth Month this month in April. So folks can get out and um, participate by volunteering in parks. And there's a bunch of other programs as well. So it's always a great resource. If you're looking for something to do for the weekend with the family, check out the website. Absolutely. Look it up, uh, metroparkstacoma.org. Find out what's going on down there, metroparkstacoma.org. Again, metroparkstacoma.org. Sophia, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. you. All right. Have a great day and uh, a wonderful rest of the year as uh, things progress down there in Tacoma. Find out about it. If it's been a while since you've been down to the city, check it out and learn. I think you'll be impressed and amazed at how much Tacoma's changed in just, say, the last 10 years. So please, please learn more at metroparkstacoma.org. And join us next week for another edition of Spotlight on Success here on the Voices of Experience radio show. And we'll talk with you then. 
There are two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Base is loaded. The Seattle Mariners trail the L.A. Dodgers by three runs in Game 7 of the World Series. Who would you rather see step up to the plate? Mitch Hanniger or a promising but yet untested player just called up from the minors? If Mitch Hanniger is your choice, that means experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Cy Wakeman, who's an international leadership speaker and author of a book called Life's Messy, Live Happy, Things Don't Have to Be Perfect for You to Be Content. Now, uh, she shows us how to dramatically change the level of contentment we have on our daily life and just a few things that you can do to really change your perception between handling a situation in a more positive way, handling it in a different way that would be considered negative. I want to start with this in your philosophy. You certainly say it in your title, Life's Messy, Live Happy. Another way of putting it, let's say, managing your ups and downs in life. And uh, while not pretending that your downtimes are going away by bearing on them. So what would you have to, to say to that in terms of managing your ups and downs in your philosophy? I think that I would say uh, one of my best watch outs is be very slow to name something that's happening in your life as good or bad. It's so easy to see first glimpse of something not going how you prefer and to say, oh, it's bad. Or to also on the flip side to say, this is perfect. And not that you don't have feelings around these things, but um, I share a story in the book that many people know that was told to me as a Buddhist tale that there was a, a farmer who he and his son were plowing a field with a horse and the horse passed away and all the neighbors were quick to say, this is awful. How will you, you know, farm? And the neighbor said, you know, good, bad, who knows? The man had to pull the plow, ended up breaking his leg and they were quick to say, this is horrible. And by the time the army came to take everyone's son, the son had a broken leg and it turned out to be positive. And as you go through that story, the ups and downs of how quickly it is positive or negative really dissipates when in the end, things we thought that were negative or positive, things we thought were positive or negative, and it would be better just to experience, here's what's happening and here's all the things I'm feeling about that. Enjoy it while it's here. Be good at letting it go when it leaves. If we can learn those life skills to be slow to name, let go things leaving, welcome things coming, we would not be so dependent on our circumstances for our general happiness. I think I've heard that story before, but it's been a long time and there's so many truths in there. I suppose if we can come to that conclusion quicker in our lives, it would be better. It would be. And I think the conclusion we can come to is um, just noticing how often we outsource our well-being or our happiness to the um the unstable daily events that happen in our day and in our world. 
And instead, we can cultivate um, an inner source of happiness that we bring to the world rather than having our happiness dependent upon what's happening in the world. And that's key adulting skills right there for people to learn. Yeah, I think maybe you're talking about Ukraine right there a little bit. It could be. It could be. And I'm not here to promote toxic positivity, like let's all be happy and, you know, what people suffer in Ukraine. But what I, I would like people to find is the word and. I have a whole chapter in the book and because the book and helps us experience things in perspective. I can be sad about what's happening to the people in Ukraine, and I can be excited about a call later with my son, and I can be happy about some good news I received, and I can be devastated about a friend who has cancer. And when we realize that there's room for all of that, we then are more functional in helping in all those situations and how we want to help. If you come into an emergency room and you're like, I have crushing chest pains, and the provider goes, oh my gosh, me too, you're suddenly realizing you might not get much help if the provider like, does it go down your left arm? And you're like, yes, it does. Like both of you are suffering, who's gonna help? And I think so many times when we have pain around what's happening in the world, if we make that our whole experience without all the other offsets, we're not in a position to then help with that pain in the world to create a different world place or workplace. You know, one thing you mentioned is about um, the one thing that happens in life. And if this only happens, we're going to be home free. We're going to be happy forever. And that's like, for example, yes, if I get this job, I'm going to be happy. If I get this client, land this client, I'm going to be a really happy person. And um, those sorts of things we all do, I certainly do. What is your comment on that? Uh, one, I would take happiness and separate it out as a feeling, you know, that we have and that you know, comes and goes with circumstances and have people really cultivate an internal source of happiness because so often we defer happiness. I'll be happy when I get the client or I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be... And we cheat ourselves out of being able to be happy right now in the present circumstances. I tell a lot of stories in the book about I was asked, one of the stories is I was asked to go to Australia for a dream client to move my family to Australia and to, you know, work with this client. And I gave up my business. We rented our house. And then the contract canceled. And I immediately was devastated, and my husband was pretty furious that I had orchestrated this move for our family, and he had agreed. And if you just looked at that at face value, I was pretty down and unhappy. Then something unhappy happened. My mom and my sister were both diagnosed with breast cancer a week apart. And then something very happy happened because I wasn't under contract in, in Australia. I got to spend the last year of life with my mom. And... It was profound. And that's where it dawned on me. I don't really know the end of any of these stories. So if I'm going to be on a roller coaster of only being happy when something I prefer happens, you know, I'm going to have a lot of ups and downs. If I can instead have confidence that um, it's all okay in the end or it's not the end, if I can have some cultivation of some perspective, I can walk through life less jerked around by external happenings and more present in every single moment for what is happening. Change doesn't hurt. 
resisting change is what hurts. That's your quote. There's so many things that people take and believe at face value and never question. And a lot of people believe that change is hard and change hurts. And when you really look at it, change is only hard to the unready. If change were actually hard, it'd be equally hard for everyone. Change is not what hurts, but resisting change hurts. Things are changing and our suffering has more to do with how much we resist it or avoid it than if we keep ourselves ready for it and we just say yes to it, we can joyfully move through change. Um, But a lot of us aren't that good at letting go or welcoming what's coming. And that really is the source of our pain. So I teach in the book how to get better at saying yes to what's coming and how to get better at letting go of what's leaving. And that makes change a lot less scary and a lot less painful. What can we do on a daily basis, let's say, to change our perspective? I think you've hinted at some of it, but the daily encounters every day that we may look at differently, again, a negative situation we're in, that we can flip that and get used to doing that. I think the number one thing is question what you're thinking, especially when you're stressed. Listen into the story you're telling yourself, because what we do is we take a fact and we add story, and it's the story that causes our suffering, not the fact. So let's say that somebody moves into my lane of traffic, allowing me less room than I prefer. That's not that painful. I just slow down and let them in. What's painful is the story I make up about them, that they're a male chauvinist pig and that they don't respect women drivers and they think they own the road and they're trying to kill me. (laughs) Now, what caused my stress? Somebody moving into my lane or my story. And when I ask myself, what do I know for sure? I don't know anything about this person who moved into my lane. And so I just ask people to interrupt themselves and notice when they take reality and add story because it's the story they add that causes their pain and suffering. That's the number one thing they can do. Question their thinking. Very good advice. I'm going on a road trip after this interview, so I'll keep that in mind. I did have an incident once in my life, which I'm kind of proud on, and it was a while ago, to your point is that I was driving down a lane and I cut in front of somebody and it was a woman in the other car and she came right up next to me and started shaking her fists and probably not using the best language. I couldn't hear her, but I just looked at her and I was close enough to say, I'm sorry. I really am. And she looked at me and went, oh, that's okay. And then she waved and drove away. I mean, I could have made that into or both of us into a situation that could have escalated, but just doing that one thing. I don't do that all the time, though. i got to be candid with you. But when I did, I was really pleased with the results. I love that. And there's a chapter in the book on making amends. And as she's saying, you're sorry, because so often our pride gets in the way and we just look at their insults. Um, and I talk a lot about making amends and saying, I'm sorry, Um you know, a great practice as we live our lives with our relationships is, you know, telling people thank you, telling people I'm sorry, asking people will you forgive me, and offering to forgive them. Like, there's these key things we can do in our relationships every day that make it certain if the, you know, if something happens that we've left things in um, in, a, in a good place. And so um, I like to do that in my relationships as often as I can, say thank you for what they've given me. I'm sorry for what I've done. Will you forgive me? And acknowledgement that I have I'm actively worked to forgive them for whatever they've done. That keeps it very clean, and then we don't have to live with a lot of regret. 
Well, I've certainly gone through your book. I really do enjoy it. And uh, I think there's a lot here. It's kind of a fresh new thought to a lot of people on how we approach life and how we do and go about our daily lives. That I think here, I love the reality that life is messy, but how do you live a happy life with that? I think it's a great message. Is there anything that you can say before we go about maybe just summing up the book, what you hope the takeaway is if someone reads the book? I want people to know that they're not a self-help project that needs to be perfected. They're not flawed. They're enough that life um, is something we, if we drop the expectations and live with great expectancy, can be pretty beautiful. And it just is upon us to get more skillful at moving through the messiness of life with just a lot more care and love and grace and mercy for other people. And so I'm really confident that reading the book will shift people's mindsets. And my hope is, is that moving through the book using some of these um, skills that um, you'll make the way easier for others as well. We can change a lot just by changing ourselves. My thanks to Sia Wakeman, author of a book called Life's Messy, Live Happy. Things don't have to be perfect for you to be content. I have implemented a couple of her suggestions, and I must say I've been pleasantly surprised how I have dealt with a few matters since I perused her book. If you want to get a copy of the book or find out more about Cy Wakeman, all you need to do is Google Life's Messy. You just received some startling news. You're going to need brain surgery. But the doctor also says your prospects for total recovery are excellent. The doctor is very confident with his prognosis. He's performed hundreds of similar surgeries during his career. Who would you choose, this doctor or another doctor who's never performed this type of surgery? If the doctor who's performed similar surgeries is your choice, then experience is important to you. That's what Voices of Experience with Paul Casey is all about. People with experience in their chosen fields. Topics explored including public affairs, self-employment, travel, health and fitness, history, and adventure. Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey. Voices of Experience is simulcast on AM 880 KIXI and 1150 AM KKNW on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Voices of Experience is also rebroadcast on Kixie Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. Well, welcome back, Paul, to the show. You know, um, I love the fact that in this segment over on 1150 AM, we talk all about uh, myths surrounding having your own business, running your own business, and then you give tips. It would seem to me, and I've always heard this everywhere else, you got to start with a business plan. Is that true? Yes, a business plan is important. But uh, what I believe it has given too much importance to how it fits into the scheme of things. And certainly it shouldn't be the first thing that you do. It should be the very last thing that you should really think about. Hmm. The reason I say that is if you have a bad business concept, no really business plan is going to save you. So you want to spend really the bulk of your time figuring out the type of business that you want to pull together and actually make it successful and not become one of the 80% of businesses which fail. And uh, that's why I think when I heard about the business plan, I went and did all that judiciously. But what you find out very quickly is that your business changes fast. 
And these are milestones you should look at in terms of a business plan. Uh, It's important to have that, the goals. But again, just don't get mired in it because what I have found and certainly my experience and many others is that when you're in business for any length of time, your business is going to take dramatic shifts. And um, if you are married to a business plan, sometimes you have a tendency to not make those moves and honor the plan. You get bogged down on that. Mm. So um, that's why I think it's really important to, again, have that business plan, but really look at other arenas that you really are going to make the difference between making it and not, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I know we've talked about this before, but this comes to mind is that the pre-work that you should be doing is really looking at um, finding a niche and solving a problem. And um, that's where I think the real success comes from entrepreneurs. They have their eyes and ears open to opportunities. It could be a personal experience. I knew of one woman who uh, talked to me about she was uh, looking for a print shop in a community and she couldn't find one. Well, she opened up a print shop. So that goes with finding a niche. People Mm. need to get things printed and solving a problem for people. And that's the way I think that real entrepreneurs think. And one of the things, too, you hear a lot is about you uh, should follow your passion and the money will follow. I think that's half right. Follow your passion. though, is being an entrepreneur. You're stepping out and doing this. And the definition of an entrepreneur, I looked it up. It's a person who organizes and operates a business. That's what it is. So that's what I mean. I go back to finding that niche and solving a problem. And it's not about your passion and what you want to do, basically. It's your customers, what they need, and their passions. And then again, that's why I think you are can be much more successful. And the thing about a business plan, too, is sometimes things don't go the way you want. I mean, think about for a moment, um, somebody opening up a restaurant anywhere on March, let's say, 20th, <laughs> 2020. Okay. Their doors were opening up Friday night. And I read a story about that to uh, somebody who did that in the New York Times. COVID, everything shuts down. So the best business plan won't save you. You certainly need to also have plan Bs and C in place. But that's eventually after you get your core business concept established and you go on with that. And then you have time to either uh, make those changes. I mean, with me, I started out publishing. That's what I thought I'd be doing my entire life when I started my business. Six years later, I ran into Kixie in the 1990s, and I had a lot of clients. I took my uh, show over to Kixie or my paper. I killed that and started a show on Kixie called Voices of Experience, brought my clients over there. They did well. It was easier for me, and I made more money. So again, I was available to opportunities and then not married to a business plan. So that is uh, my recommendation for today. I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Hi. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see. How to keep your child safe. Child-proofing your home. Child-proofing your yard. Child-proofing your in-law's home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home. Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now, let's see. Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and other safety tips. Of all the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. 
Read the instruction manual and learn to use the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly. Parents' Guide to Telling Other Parents How to Raise Their Kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Get it slippy, coffee, check. Talk to doctor now and share it. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Visit ManagerBP.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. That's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, and along with Eric Crema, we thank you for joining us today. So any comments about today's show and what you heard, you can call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. And uh, just leave comments about what you heard. If you want us to get it on the air, let us know that's okay or if you have suggestions for future shows. Also, a bonus for today. I have, well, let's put it this way. I have season tickets for the Tacoma Rainiers, and uh, they're uh, box seats right behind home plate. And I am going to give two tickets away to the first caller, 425-653-1166. The game is on April 20th at 6.05 p.m. That would be Wednesday, April 20th, 6.05 p.m. So here's the question you have to answer to become eligible for those two tickets. What is the stadium, the name of the stadium, in which the Tacoma Rainiers play baseball? Again, the first caller at 425-653-1166 will get two complimentary tickets to not only the seats behind home plate, but also access to the dugout club, which is a free buffet dinner, and also Uh, Soft drinks, beer, and wine, all complimentary. First caller to name the stadium which the Tacoma Rainiers play baseball in. One more time, 425-653-1166. So what is Voices of Experience all about? It's people with experience in public affairs, travel, fitness, and education with an emphasis on entrepreneurship. Voices of Experience airs on Kixie on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and is simulcast with Hubbard's sister station, KKNW AM 1150. And then Voices of Experience is rebroadcast on Kixie on Sundays at 11 a.m. You got all that? (laughs) I hope I can remember it. See, I have trouble remembering it myself. Um, My name is Paul Casey. Thanks to Eric Crema, host of Spotlight on Success, and executive producers Steve Mills and Benny Mathers. Quote of the week, as we grow older, you realize it becomes less important to have more friends and more important to have real ones. Ziad Abdel Nur. And finally, experience is our best teacher.
You've been listening to the Voices of Experience Radio Network. No promotional fees have been paid by authors or other guests who appear on the show. If you have any comments or suggestions, call the Voices of Experience hotline at 425-653-1166. That's 425-653-1166. And finally, experience is our best teacher.